0: Means is proud to present the WHS Healthy Shab Speaker Series. This week, Barb Steinberg from barbsteinberg.com shares empowering your daughter. Thanks. Thanks. Wow. Hi, everybody. I was just telling Stacy, this is one of my favorite things that I get to do. Um, Let me ask you this. When you think about the, the word empowerment, what is, the, what is your definition of empowerment? What does empowerment look like to you? Being able to make your own decisions. Maybe even being secure in the decisions you make. Being able to speak up, for sure. Having a voice. Being respected. And maybe even expecting respect. Knowing that you're deserving of, of respect. Yeah, great. Anything else that we've forgotten? What empowerment looks like? able to try new things for sure i love that that's part of that confidence isn't it yeah yeah so there's a lot of variations on empowerment it can look differently for different girls so how many of you when you were your daughter's age (laughs) felt empowered in your life so we've got about four or five hands yeah so not a lot of us felt empowered at our daughter's age right which tells me that you want something different for your girls, right? You want them to feel even more empowered than you felt. So let's dive in. I'm going to share with you my, I don't know how I came up with this number, but my top 14 ways. It should be 15, right? I'll, I'll try to figure out another one as we're talking. So my top 14 ways of empowering your daughters. First one is asking what they think so I remember sitting around when I was in my 20s, and I um, I was a therapist at the time, I had an older friend, she was probably 20 years older than me, and she was a therapist as well. She was sitting next to her daughter, who was probably around seventh grade, and we were talking about some grown-up stuff. Knowing me, in my 20s, I was probably talking about guys, and she was listening. And so we're chatting and we're talking, and she turns to her daughter, and she says, what do you think? My eyes got really big. Because when I was in seventh grade, there there weren't adults asking me in a grown-up conversation, what do you think? And that struck me. When I'm working with girls, that's one of the things that I do the most when I'm a coach, is I'm asking them, what do you think? How do you feel? How would you change the situation if you could? I always throw out, if you had a magic wand and you could make this situation exactly how you want it to be, what would you do? What would it look like? So, by us asking self-reflective questions, we're asking her to think for herself, which is very empowering. So, when we're asking these self-reflective questions, she's getting to know herself more, right? She's discovering more of herself, which is super important during adolescence, one of the most important developmental tasks that they're working on, which is identity. We're, We're also asking them to discover their own solutions. To what's going on in their life. So, any of you ever offered your daughter advice? <laughs> just a couple, just a few times, right? Hourly? All the time, because we're thinking, hello, I've been around a while, I'm super smart, really wise, I've got a lot of answers for you. So, have any of you offered advice and received either an eye roll, She shuts down, she becomes quiet, or she tells you how dumb your advice is. It happens, right? So what we wanna do is when she, I I am running a support group for parents of tween and teen girls right now. And one of the moms shared this story of her daughter asking for advice on a regular basis and she would offer it and her daughter would immediately look out the window and just stop talking to her. And she's like, what am I doing? She asked for my advice. So what we talked about is Clearly she's letting you know, I'm asking for it, but I don't really want it. So what we want to do is we want to ask her, well, what do you think is the best option? What do you think are some strategies that you could try? What if we come up with three and then you pick one and we see if it works out? So we're empowering her to know that she can come up with her own solutions and that her um, thoughts are valuable and worthy. we're, we've talked about asking them what they think. Now we're going to talk about listening to them. How many of you felt listened to on a regular basis when you were younger? I'm seeing one hand in this room. Yeah, lucky you. You had great parents, you had a good mom. Yeah, so being listened to, what does that tell our girls just by us? You guys have heard the old adage. there's a reason why we have two ears and one mouth right so sometimes we think well i'm listening to you because i'm 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 thinking about what i'm going to share with you next to give you some of my awesome advice so with the listening when we're quiet and we're creating the space for her to talk and share and, and feel we're sending the message what you are saying is valuable it's important it's worthy of being heard and we don't only want that for our girls in our homes, we want them to get so used to being heard and listened to that when they're off sitting around a, you know, in a boardroom, they're like, well, of course, I'm gonna be listened to with my thoughts and ideas, right? So we're gonna create the space for them to reflect while we're listening. While we're listening, they're having to come up with words. They're gonna have to come up with opinions and thoughts and they're getting to know themselves in the process. And knowing yourself is extremely empowering. So here's one that can be a little challenging, I think, in 2019, and that is teaching our girls to listen to themselves. So there are a few things going on. Number one is if you are an adolescent in general, you're working really hard to fit in and to belong and to have a tribe. And one of the ways we do that to try to fit in is we, we're, we're scanning our environment and we're trying to figure out. How can I be who I think I'm supposed to be so I can belong here? That is not always in line with listening to yourself. Also, we live in a time that's super, super busy, right? I mean, I think that's one of the top things that I'm coaching girls on is the overwhelm and the stress and the anxiety and how much is on their plate. It's very difficult to listen to yourself when you are constantly doing and doing and doing, and there's not a lot of time for being. So in order, I talk with girls a lot, and and everybody has kind of a different um, term for this. So it could be, you know, I have a quiet voice inside of me, inner wisdom. Um, I have a gut feeling. My heart was pulling me towards something. Um, So everyone's got a different way of describing this, but that inner wisdom, that wise voice, we all have it, and so teaching our girls that they have it and that, it's not, an, it's not an abrasive voice, it's not loud, it's not insistent, it's not critical. It's quiet and subtle, and it, it feels good when you hear it, it feels right. So I'm using the word voice, but sometimes it's actually, it's thoughts that drop into our head. And we're like, hmm, that's an idea. Or it's a gut feeling that I have. So we've gotta have some space in our days, that is quiet enough for us to get in touch with that inner wisdom. I'll give you a couple of examples. When I was in high school, my best friend in 10th, 11th, and 12th grade was Kristen. And she's still one of my best friends. And Kristen used to come home every day, and she happened to have kind of a park situation in her backyard. She would grab her Walkman. Anybody know what that is? Okay. No one needed definition. She had her little Walkman. She was listening to Prince, of course. And she would go out on the swing. And she would swing and swing and swing, listening to Little Red Corvette. So what was she doing? She was self-soothing. She was decompressing from her day. She was reflecting on her life. Her mom, funny enough, thought that she was kind of mental and might need help. But she actually was doing one of the best forms of self-care. And she just knew that intuitively. That made her feel better. So that's what she did every day. I'll give you an up-to-date version of that. My son, who's 14, um, yes, I don't have a daughter, crazy, I have a boy. So he comes home, and his way of decompressing from the day is to go take a bath. Well, very quickly, I figured out no phone in the bath. You've got 10 to 15 minutes in the bath. And I tell him, this is the goal of the bath time. It's not just to get clean. It's for you to just chill, to have quiet to think about what happened today, think about what might happen tomorrow, think about what worked and what didn't, what you like and what you didn't. So I'm setting an intention for him that you need at least 10 minutes a day, and I I would take two, frankly, where you are quiet enough to just reflect, get in touch with yourself. That's empowering. Listening to your body. So there's a couple pieces to this, very important for our girls. There's just the physical piece, just basic needs. Um, are any of you like me, not to be totally crass, but can you find that you've had to pee for two hours and you haven't gotten up to do it yet? Anybody? Yeah. So I'm talking to girls about when you're hungry, eating, carrying food with you, carrying water with you, drinking when you're thirsty, resting when you're tired. And what does it feel like when you're tired? So the self-care in the most basic of ways how empowered can you be if you are running yourself ragged and there's no um there's no listening to your body so that you can take care of it there's a one of my teachers i have several um one of my mentors and teachers is renee trudeau she lives here in austin she's kind of a self-care guru she loves to ask three questions and and i give this as I call it life work instead of homework for some girls that I coach. And the three questions are, how do I feel? What do I want? And what do I need? So they might be discovering over a a 30-day period where they're having to answer and write out these three questions, they're discovering patterns. Like, oh, I'm finding that I really need a little bit of a nap every day. Or I'm finding that I want hugs more than I ever thought that I did. So they're learning about themselves and their needs. It's empowering to know your needs and to be able to get them met and ask for that. Another piece of the listening to your body so important for our girls, I always talk about how our bodies are really, really great communicators. So our bodies give us feelings to give us information. So I get a stomach ache. Um, My stomach and my abdomen gets tight and uncomfortable. I get nauseous. Uh, my hands, palms start sweating, the hairs on the back of my neck are raised. That's information for me to pay attention to. That's telling me that what's going on in this moment, it doesn't feel right to me, it doesn't feel comfortable to me. This person, this environment, I need to change it in order to feel more comfortable. I need to figure out something. So that's really good information for our girls to be able to focus on. Encourage rest, relaxation, and boredom. Not a lot of time for boredom, right? So I think boredom can have a bit of a negative connotation. I think that many brilliant ideas have come from boredom. So rest, relaxation, and boredom. It's funny, because I was giving a talk last week at St. Stephen's, and one of the moms, we were talking about anxiety and pressure. And one of the moms said, well, yeah, my daughter takes a nap every day after school. Um, and she said, I don't understand why, like, it, you know, in the middle of the night, like around 12, she's up, she's wide awake, she's getting me up, she wants to hang out. I said, well, how long is her nap? And she's like, well, about four till nine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, that's half the night of sleep. That's not really a nap. So we had to talk about that. But she was getting some good rest and relaxation, and <laughs> she was a champion at that. So why do we want rest and relaxation and boredom? That is the time for them to get to know themselves better and to do that self-reflection. The new ideas come. And not only that, but if you are empowered, you do need energy to move forward on those ideas, right? So you do need a balance of rest so that you can have the energy to be and do what it is that you want. For a lot of girls that I work with, um, because stress tends to be a, a fairly common issue, We create a a list of stress busters together. I ask them to come up with 20 because I want them to have lots of ideas to choose from. This is a great activity that you guys can do together as a family, where everyone can create their stress busters list. And I ask them to keep it somewhere where they can see it every day. So if they're rating, and I ask them to rate their their stress at any given moment, as you're sitting here right now, you could ask yourself, scale of 1 to 10, what's my stress level right now? And for the girls that I work with, I'll ask them if it's a five or higher, that's a stress buster day. So we're talking about easy little things that could calm you and soothe you and reduce stress in a minute and then other more challenging things. So it might be petting the cat, petting the dog, listening to some chill music, calling a friend and dumping all my feelings, asking for a hug, going for a four mile run. I don't know who wants to do that, but some people do. So stress busters list with lots of options. For them to be able to take care of themselves so, again, they can kind of have that energy to move forward with what they really want. This is That's where the, that self-soothing comes in. This next one comes from a, another teacher and mentor of mine, Carrie Conti. Some of you may have heard of her. She has lived in Austin for a long time. She works with parents of littles. And she taught me the expression, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And I kind of loved that because I feel like that's so clear. It's not saying, well, if it's a, mm, okay, it's a no. If it's a hell yes, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. So I'll give you some examples with some girls that I've worked with. This is one of my very first coaching clients. She was a really smart, dynamic rock star of a girl. There was no stopping her. She had big dreams and um, she was just a rock star she wanted very very badly to go to duke for college and she was working really hard on her college resume and wanting all the pieces so she could get what she wanted and one of the things that she decided to do was to um, run track she felt like she needed to have a sport so she, I don't even, I don't know. She was probably, maybe this was her second year of running track, and she confided in me and said, I hate track. I hate it. It's miserable. Nothing about it do I like. It. And she, she and her mom admit to me she's not really very good at track either. And so we start talking about why. Why make this choice that is clearly far away from a hell yes and much more of a no. Why? So we know that it's for, she's thinking, I have to have this to get to Duke. So we start working on the idea of her happiness and contentment being more important than her performance. And is it possible that you can make, you can move towards all of these, more of these yeses and still get what you want? Is that possible? She got to the place where she was willing to let go of this thing that brought her no joy at all. It was brave of her. She didn't. And guess where she went to school? Duke. Yeah, so for her, that was a huge life lesson for a girl that was really driving herself. To see, like, I can feel empowered enough to make a choice that feels good for me and still get something that I want and feel happy at the end of it. Another girl, a different situation. She had a bit of an on-again, off-again boyfriend. He was a little bit, I think he probably was a little insecure, so he was a little bit controlling, a little bit manipulative, and he wanted her to go to prom with him. She didn't want to go to prom with him. She wanted to go to prom with all of her girlfriends, and she was really struggling. She has a huge heart, very caring, and she said, I just don't want to hurt his feelings. I don't that will hurt him, that will upset him, and I don't wanna do that. So again, we had to work through her getting to the place that she was willing to put her happiness above his happiness, for her to lean into that hell yes. And we talked through, we role played, how are you gonna have this conversation with your boyfriend, and she did it, and she went to prom with her girlfriends and had the most amazing time. For this girl, that was a big moment to be willing To knowingly say no to someone and she knew that it wasn't going to go well I'm now seeing her this is probably a year later now and I'm watching her begin on her own make more and more empowered choices that are for her highest good letting them have their feelings super empowering so as parents when our kids are upset they're hurt, they're struggling, we feel the pain too. Sometimes it's so intense that to watch your daughter in pain and, and hurting and we feel it so much that we want to fix it, we want it to end. And so we are quickly trying to fix it, trying to make it better, trying to tell her you don't, you don't need to worry about that, it's gonna be okay, you know, you don't have to be so upset about that couple of things so one when we have when we're having our own reaction we want to be careful to not bring all of our feelings into the room so much so that it takes up so much space that there's not enough space for her feelings we want to make sure that we can go to our partner our spouse our best friend our therapist and we can dump all of our feelings and process it so that we can then be this kind of um, I don't want to say empty vessel, but an empath, an empathetic vessel, um, creating lots of space for her to have those feelings. Because so often our girls are can be afraid of their feelings if they feel too big, too scary. I had one girl that I was working with that she just she wanted to intellectualize her feelings and to not feel them. And so that was one of the things that we were working on. One day she was having a super bad day, lots of big emotions. And she got in her car to drive to Chick-fil-A, because we all know that makes everyone happier. So she's driving to Chick-fil-A, and she starts crying. And she cries and bawls the whole way. I said, well, how did you feel when you got to Chick-fil-A? She said, I I felt better. I said, well, how long was the drive? 10 minutes. I said, you cried for 10 minutes. Did you think that it was going to last a lot longer than 10 minutes? She was like, yeah thought it was gonna be like two hours. So for her, that was eye-opening to see, I got to feel my feelings fully, it didn't overwhelm me, it was temporary. So what does that teach her? It's very empowering in order to feel your feelings. It's hard to be empowered and to move forward with what you want to create and who you want to be when you're trying so hard to stuff down feelings that you don't wanna feel. So for her, and for most girls, so when they allow themselves to feel that, and we create the space for them to feel it, they get to experience, I, I can manage that. I'm strong enough to feel those feelings that come out the other side. That's really important, because we know, um, at our age and stage, we know that there's some pain in life. And it's empowering to know, I've had really hard things happen to me, and I'm OK. So when another another hard thing hits, I'll be okay. All right, do any of you have daughters that sometimes have a voice or a story that they're telling about themselves that's kind of critical? Kind of mean, kind of a not very nice voice? Towards Towards themselves, towards themselves. Good good question, yeah. And sometimes probably towards others. (laughs) Um, Maybe you. Yeah, so um, yeah, I live with a teenager, I know. So yeah, um, they can have very critical, mean voices pointed, directed at themselves. So if we're trying to empower them, knowing that that's the opposite of empowerment to tear yourself down, we want to be able to help her to tell a different story about herself. We want to plant seeds and water them regularly so that we can help to write that story. So, we're, we're basically helping her to create positive self-beliefs. Some of your daughters might not enjoy compliments. One of the moms in my support group, her daughter's like, do not come at me with, you're so good and you're so, she's like, I don't wanna hear it. So, we talked about the idea of writing it down and leaving her little notes where she can't resist them and rebuff them. So I'm going to give you three phrases to just kind of play with, and you're going to find what what fits and feels comfortable for you. The first is you're really good at. So think about your daughter. You're really good at being an athlete. You're really good at um, showing empathy. You're really good at algebra. I wish I had been when I was your age. Or another one, you seem to really know so it might be, you seem to really know what your friends need in the moment. You seem to really know how to manage your time really well. Not that I see a lot of that, but I'm sure there's a few girls out there can. What I know about you is, what I know about you is, you are hilarious and you bring lightness to the room. What I know about you is, is you persevere. You are hardworking. So we're we're dropping those seeds and we're watering them. For her to sometimes have a different viewpoint to look through when she's deciding this is who I am. Give her opportunities to be the expert or the teacher. So you can imagine, you remember being a child, being a teenager, all the adults around you are constantly telling you what to do and how to do it, and this is the wrong way to do it, and this is the right way to do it. It's very empowering for someone older than you, who maybe you love or respect, is asking you to be the expert or the teacher. So maybe some of you are like me, and you've asked your teenagers to teach you Snapchat. They're experts. Or Instagram, or something on the computer, or maybe you're asking a question like, you know, I don't have any idea what it's like to be a 14-year-old at Westlake High School. What is it like? What are your days like? What does it feel like or maybe you're asking a question like um, how can I be a better dad or mom to you what can I do to be a better mom to you what can I do less of what can I do more of so she's now in the role of teacher so this is kind of it's a bit of a different version of what do you think tell me what you know you have important information that I also need That's really empowering when someone looks at you and says, you show me, you tell me. I'm not going to assume that I know. There's other ways we can provide that for our girls. Um, Babysitting. So they're now in the role of expert and teacher. Or we give them, maybe she's a camp counselor as she grows up. Or maybe she's getting to the PALS program and she gets to mentor younger kids. She gets to be the expert and the teacher. That gives her an incredible sense of empowerment. Again, feeling like competent. I mean, there are few better things than feeling competent. Like, I can do this. I know how to do this. I'm succeeding at this. That's very different than someone telling you that you can do it. Sometimes it's hard to believe. But when you do it, then you know that is a part of who I am. Exposing our girls to other girls and women. One girl, one of my uh, girls that I coached a long time ago, she did not have, she wasn't having the best friendship situation at school. She just really hadn't found her tribe. I think she felt very different than everyone else and, and alone a lot of the time. Her mom signed her up for a camp, um, what is it called, the Boundary Waters, way up north Minnesota area. another country. So her mom signed her up for this wilderness camp. She was not happy. Let me tell you, there was a lot of venom coming for that choice. She goes, mom didn't back down, she went. Well, her family had a long history of camping. So she shows up there and all the other girls, there weren't that many in her group, but none of the other girls knew the first thing about camping, about kayaking, canoeing, building a fire. This girl, it was like walking for her. So what happened to her in that seven day period is she discovered she got to be the expert, the teacher. People started looking up to her. She felt competent, she felt so proud. She truly, I'm not kidding, she came back after that experience and I could could sense the difference in her confidence because of it. It really did change her just because of that exposure. I also think that you know we have an opportunity to, you might have a daughter that is, you already can see she's different from me as a mom or a dad. And that's a good opportunity, or she also is trying to, especially if you're a mom. Now we know that teenagers are separating and individuating from parents because they're supposed to in order to be successful adults and not ask you to do their laundry till they're 15. so we want to give them opportunities to separate right so one of the ways they do that is they clumsily are are constantly in their own way saying i'm not like you i am not like you don't ask me to be like you so what we can do is we can expose them in a way that this would be a, a nice way to not have that resistance of i'm not like you but we're exposing them to other females, other girls, other women that are different from us that might give them opportunity to look around and say, yeah, I want to be kind of like that. Or I like that about that woman. Oh, I didn't know women could do that job. Or, wow, I, look at that passion that she's got. I want to try that out. I have a best friend, Stephanie, that I've had since I was a little girl. She's an artist. She lives in Smithville. She couldn't be more bohemian and hippie. Like in every, I mean, she drives a pink El Camino with horns on the front, guys. Like we're a little different. And I love that about her. So I want, I have my teenager hang out with her as much as possible so that he can see there's a whole nother way to do life. And it's nothing like how I do it. And it's happy and it's successful. So it gives our girls opportunities to feel empowered, to be like, ooh, I want some of that and some of that and some of that. Giving them power through choice. We all want power. Doesn't matter how old you are. We all want power, especially if you're a teenager. And as we already established, that as a teenager, you've got, and a child, you've got adults all around you telling you what to do and how to do it. So when we, when we give them choices, that's empowering. So think about your daughter's age. What is an appropriate choice that you can give her to help her feel a sense of power and control in her life? Sure. Yeah, giving her choices about chores. What else? Clothes? Clothes, for sure. What else? Which way we take to get home? Give me some directions. Letting her prioritize her homework. Beautiful. Yeah. Perfect. Letting her manage money in a bank account extracurriculars negotiating a curfew who her friends are going to be what she's going to eat where the family goes to dinner there are lots and lots of choices given her age that we can give her some power in let her practice having power so healthy risks does anybody have a teenager that tends to lean towards wanting to do risky things i only saw two hands are you guys lying <laughs> so, I, mean, I could talk for an hour about why teenagers lean towards wanting those risky behaviors. They need them, they're hardwired for them, um, they seek novelty, they seek newness, it makes them feel alive, it makes them feel empowered. Um, It's invigorating. They have a brain that rewards them for those risky behaviors in different ways than our brain rewards us. They have a big, fat dopamine rush that says, this feels awesome. More of this. If 80 feels good, let's drive 100. (laughs) So what we can do to support and empower them in that, knowing that they need it, We can seek out healthy risk-taking. My team and I sat down one day after reading Dan Siegel's book, Brainstorm. Has anybody read that? It's one of my very favorite books about adolescence and the adolescent brain. And it's actually an easy read, I promise. Brainstorm by Dan Siegel, S-I-E-G-E-L. And I'll put it in the notes that I send you. Um, So we came up with a whole list of healthy risk-taking. So I'm just going to share a few with you just to kind of get you thinking about what your kids might want. So it could be running for student council. That's risky, right? Riding a roller coaster, risky. Um, Skiing, speaking from experience, very risky. Um, I'm going to hike, I'm going to do a 10-mile hike. Uh, I'm going to be left alone with no adults. I'm going to be cooking dinner for myself. I'm going to sleepaway camp. Lots of, that's just a few examples. I think we came up with probably 30. So wh- how can we support the need for the risk taking so that she can then feel empowered in that way, in a healthy way, in a positive way? They're seeking freedom and independence, so let's support them in that effort. It's gonna build character, it's gonna build confidence, it's gonna build grit, resilience. Last one. This is one of my favorites, so I left it for last. A sense of purpose, passions, sparks. I have met with so many parents that have been genuinely concerned, saying, my, my kid, doesn't, she doesn't have a passion. She doesn't have, there's no, she doesn't have anything that like, she's driving toward. And it's really worrisome to them. I can, one last week was just sharing that with me in the support group, and she was saying, you know, she just doesn't have anything, and she needs to have something. Well, let me say this. You know, I think her daughter's 13. Her daughter has, you know, a long life ahead her to find sparks and talents and strengths and passions. However, once we started talking about sparks, her mom, this mom, said, oh, my God, I just realized what one of her sparks is. I said, well, what is it? She said, well, we foster puppies. And she is madly in love with these puppies. She will get up early to take care of them. She takes them out. She loves to be the best mother to them. I don't have to nag her. I don't have to remind her. It's, she loves it. It's a passion of hers. I said, Well, there you go. There's one. So now that mom knows, ah, there's a spark that I'm going to support. I'm going to see how I can support her in that and give her opportunities. So Peter Benson wrote a book. How Youth Thrive, he came up with three ways, or sorry, three categories of sparks or passions. And I am so grateful to this man for coming up with them. I wish that I had known about them when I was a teenager. The first one is skill and talent. So that is what you would think. It's probably the most popular, I think, especially when I was a teenager. So it's, you know, I'm a great basketball player. I'm a singer. I play an instrument. I'm an artist. I paint. Um, I'm in leadership, I uh, study and know all about archeology. span So a skill or a talent. Second is commitment, so a commitment to a cause. So it could be, you know, I'm a steward of the earth, I'm an environmentalist. Um, I put my energies towards helping little children, helping the homeless, social justice, LBGDQ, a cause. Third, equality. This one I loved because I just don't think that anyone's ever labeled it as a passion or a spark. And it's just so invaluable. a quality. So you might have a child, a daughter, that she's really funny, she's hilarious, and she brings levity to every situation. She makes people laugh and feel good. Or maybe she has a huge heart and she's so empathetic. Or maybe she's really loyal and trustworthy and an amazing listener to all of her friends. So often, when I was growing up, the skill and the talent, that was very clear that that was a passion and a spark. And people were very um, complimentary of that and rewarding of that. But I feel like these other two haven't been noticed as much. When we discover, we, we want to be on the lookout for these sparks because we want to speak about them out loud. We want to tell our girls that we see them, we notice them, so then they can notice them within themselves. We want to create opportunities for them to have more, you know, like that mom with the puppies. Well, now she's like, ah, ding, 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 animals. I'm going to make sure that I give her more animals in her life to feed that spark because who knows where it will lead. I love that Benson talks about how the sparks lead to thriving because when you're involved in something that is a spark of yours, how do you feel? Give me a word. Empowered, you feel joyful, you feel energetic. When you're doing something that you're really um, into and you really love, aren't you really focused? You lose all track of time. It brings a lot of joy and energy to your life. So what does that mean? If you've got some of that in your life, that means that you're now going to thrive. You're going to experience more school success, decrease in depression, anxiety, all of that. You're feeling hopeful. You're feeling compassionate. You now have a sense of purpose something bigger than yourself, something outside of yourself. How empowering is that to know that you can impact others? You can impact the world, your community, your house, your neighborhood. So we wanna encourage our girls also to speak of their passions, their sparks, their strengths. Girls are really good about talking about the negatives about themselves and bonding over them together. We want to have them practice At home, starting where it's safe, to be able to say, Yeah, I actually am pretty good at algebra. Kind of smart when it comes to math. And for them to be comfortable with that. Benson says, I'm going to leave you with this quote Youth are not vessels to be filled, but fires to be lit. How great is that? Do you feel like you have some fires in your house? Thank you for joining us. If you're interested in the archived video recording of this session and any corresponding handouts or resources, please visit the WHS Healthy Shaps website at healthyshaps.weebly.com.